Remarkable accomplishments are happening every day on the Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College campuses, from faculty instruction and research to student projects and community involvement. CMU Now is a new monthly segment on the KAFM Community Affairs Hour, where we interview faculty, athletic coaches, and students to keep you up to date on all things CMU and WCCC. I'm Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host David Ludlam, and we'll have three guests on the show today, and our first guest is Assistant Professor of Dance and Dance Program Coordinator, Amanda Benzen. Welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Yeah, we were just talking before the show that, you know, you're right in the middle of getting ready for the upcoming fall dance concert, so we really Mm -hmm. appreciate that you took the time out of your schedule to come and chat with us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so why don't we kick it off with... um, you know, we were just looking at kind of your background before you came on the show. And mm-hmm. um, not only are you an educator, but you have degrees from the State University of New York at Buffalo, the University of Colorado Boulder. You're a performer, a choreographer. Um, you've kind of toured the country nationally and internationally. You've won an Emmy Award for your work. And the list kind of goes on and on and on. <laughs> and we're really fortunate to have you at CMU. But I was hoping you could maybe take us back to where it all started and what first drew you into the world of dance. Yeah, I actually have my parents to thank for that. I've been in dance since I was three years old. Mm. Uh, I had a lot of energy, so my parents decided to try dance. Um, And I cried for the first couple of weeks and wouldn't let go of my mom. And then I wouldn't stop dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just continued from there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They didn't think I would last this long uh, based on that initial experience. But yeah, I love it and have a passion for it and keep doing it. Great. Well, Amanda, one of the things that I do often is I, I torture my, my two girls by having them listen to the music that I relate to the most, you know, from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I look at all the, the di- different genres that are out there, the types of dance that, that are available to students at CMU. Yeah. And, and the easy answer is they all have their own good attributes, which, which is true. But I really want to pin you down on this. What is your favorite type of dance and, and why? This is always the hardest question for me because I think what's been important in my background and how we train our students at CMU is versatility really matters to have longevity in a career. Um, So I've kind of considered myself a a generalist that has a a fine attention to detail in every form. Uh, But if I were, you know, forced to choose, I would have to say tap right now. And, and is, that, I, is that because of, of your childhood and that introduction to dance that your parents gave you? Is that the type of dance you experienced? That with? is what I started with. Um, and I grew up watching all the old movie musicals with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and uh, Gene Kelly. And my dad even did the scene in Singing in the Rain where they flipped the couch over as a kid. So rhythm has kind of always been important in my family. Uh, and that's how I started. And it's, yeah, I would say that's my first love. So if you had to twist my arm, David, I would say tap. Tap, okay, tap. All right. Well, I won't. I won't force you to talk about your least favorite. I won't, we won't go there. You are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our first guest today is Assistant Professor of Dance, Amanda Benzine. Um, So we were just kind of talking about, obviously, all the different kinds of dance and everything that you're teaching our students, Mm -hmm. and we have an upcoming production this weekend, the Fall Dance Concert. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you maybe talk to us a little bit about what we can expect to see there? Yeah, so the Fall Dance Concert is entitled Discovering Me, and it fits in with our 50th anniversary season. That's about inquiry, discovery, and celebration. So we decided that the fall concert would focus on discovering me, and it's really kind of an interrogation of self-identity and how we identify as choreographers and dancers and how can we communicate that through the body. So you'll see a lot of different diverse um, techniques, contemporary ballet, modern, jazz, hip-hop, 
tap fusions of all of those things uh, as ways that we found to uh, represent ourselves in the current moment or even past selves. I love that. And that is coming up this Friday and Saturday and mm-hmm. tickets are still available for anybody that's listening too. Well, I, I kind of heard in what you just said, this kind of thematic focus on expression of the individual. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, faculty and guest artists and, 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 and student choreographers and all working towards that theme. Mm-hmm. How are the, how are their original works chosen? Like what's the process for how you chose the type of, of performances that are going to be featured? Yeah, so uh, we choose a guest artist that visit, visits us every semester, and we try to bring in someone that offers something different than what our current faculty offer. Uh, so our guest artist, Bailey Anderson, her research lies at the intersection of disability, disability studies and dance. So a lot of her piece is about identity in that realm. Um, and then each choreographer, as far as faculty go, have just kind of g- been given free reign to decide how they're going to express that themselves. So for me and my work, uh, I've collaborated with a local uh, graffiti artist, actually, Blaine Bell, who has created artwork for my piece that's inspired by the choreography. And the choreography is really inspired by that idea of versatility that I spoke to you about earlier of how do I combine all of these forms into one body, into one piece. And uh, as far as the student works go, they actually apply at the beginning of the semester uh, to adjudicate for the dance concert. They start rehearsals. Then we see their pieces. And then as a faculty panel, we decide what student works will be in the faculty concert and what student works will go into the student production. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. You are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs. And our first guest today is CMU Assistant Professor of Dance, Amanda Benzine. So we're talking about the fall dance concert. And I was saying, I know I'm going to be attending. I'm really excited to see it. And how you mentioned also with the graffiti artists, I always love any time that it's, you know, you're going and it's not just about the dance, but incorporating Mm -hmm. other aspects of art into it, I feel like always adds another another level. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, you know, obviously working at CMU, I know why CMU is amazing and wonderful and how we have so many incredible programs that students can attend. But, you know, if you were talking to somebody, what would you say sets the dance program apart from um, other colleges and universities? Because I know that students have a lot of different options out there. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the two main things are the individual mentorship that they get uh, through faculty and our faculty has amazing backgrounds. I'm still a performer. Um, and active in the community. So having access to that network as well. But the one-on-one mentorship and the smaller class size really personalizes their education to make them the best dance artists going forward into their future. And I think the other aspect is that versatility uh, that we equally value ballet, modern, tap, and jazz, which is very rare for dance programs to have beginning through advanced levels in all of those forms. Mm. That's interesting. And, you know, I, that's what I love too. working at CMU. I feel like I find out new things about what we offer as an institution all the time. Yeah. And Amanda, you, you just mentioned the personalization uh, piece of it. And I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about that. At, at an institution like Colorado Mesa University, because of the class size and the, the ratios where mm-hmm. you get that, a lot of personal interaction with students. I imagine that you develop deep and long-lasting relationships with students. Can you think of a couple students that have maybe gone on to do things that stand out in your mind as remarkable or who are currently dancing professionally or that just a couple of stories about students that have done, done something that you're still in touch with that those meaningful relationships. Yeah. I think that individual mentorship and especially as you're an artist trying to create your own choreography to have that sounding board. So we have students that are out both in the local community as well as nationally that are perf- 
performing as well as creating works. We also have students that have dual degrees within our program. So they've majored in design and technology as well as dance and are finding the intersection of that uh, and working at other institutions using those skill sets. Great. Would you have time for one more? Sure. <laughs> so I, this is a question that uh, I was thinking about earlier. And it's, again, going back to this idea of, of individuality. And you talk a little bit in your bio about um, courage of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about dance is inherently seems like it's a, it, it's a vulnerable thing. Absolutely. But what do, you mean, what do you mean by that? What is the courage of vulnerability as it relates to dance? Yeah, uh, I actually just uh, guest taught for a colleague of mine, a living arts class. And we did a little preview of the show and how do you look at dance and talk about dance And it was kind of set up like a proscenium. So they were in the audience and the dancers were dancing. And then I flipped the script on them. So they had to go up on the stage that we created and the dancers sat in the seats. And I asked those students who have not always performed or some of them have never been on a stage, how did that feel? And they all realized they tried to go as far back as they could to hide. Uh, So being able to show your art in front of other people, in front of other eyes is inherently a vulnerable task. And what we asked them to do on a daily basis in technique classes, bring their whole selves and their bodies um, and, and give their art and of themselves every day. Well, being 6'5 and, and lanky, you can understand why I asked the question. Maybe you can give me some pointers in the future. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You should come take a class. That's all right. <laughs> so before we let you go today, can you just give us a quick rundown of the fall dance concert, kind of all of the details that are coming up for this weekend? Yep. So Discovering Me, the fall dance concert, opens on Friday, November 15th at 730. We also have two shows on Saturday the 16th at 2 p.m. and 730. Uh, tickets are $16 for adults, 13 for students and or, sorry, 13 for seniors and $7 for students. And they can go online, call the 1-800 number, or get tickets at the box office before the show. Great. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time out of your schedule to come on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm going to sign up for that tap class. Yeah. Tap dancing class, so, we have yeah. beginning All tap right. next semester. All right. All right. Don't, <laughs> See <you> there. <laughs> don't go anywhere because we're going to take a short break. And we'll be back with Dr. Kathleen Hall, PhD, Certified Adult and Geriatric Nurse Practitioner, and Dr. Bridget Marshall, DNP, Certified Pediatric Nurse Practitioner and Co-Coordinators of the Graduate Nursing Program.
Welcome back to CMU Now, a monthly show where we talk about the remarkable work happening at Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College. We'd like to welcome our second guest today, Dr. Kathleen Hall, PhD, Certified Adult and Geriatric Nurse Practitioner, and Dr. Bridget Marshall, DNP, Certified Pediatric Nurse Practitioner, and they are both the core co-coordinators of the Graduate Nursing Program. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you for thanks having for us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, but thanks for being here. And you know, gr- uh, graduate nursing programs at the university are relatively new. I think to get us started, can you just give us some background on the graduate nursing programs that we offer at CMU? What are they all about and what's, what's the background? So uh, about 2012, uh, our community partners met uh, with some of the nursing faculty and they identified a shortage, particularly in the area of primary care and who in are Western those community Colorado. Partners? Who are the partners? People from the area hospitals, uh, community members, uh, home health agencies, um, long-term care agencies, etc. Basically, health anybody department. that's in gotcha. any kind of health delivery um, agency okay. or system. And they reached out to the faculty at the time at the um, nursing school, and they. Uh, basically said, we have a shortage of primary care providers in the, on the, in Western Colorado. Can you help us? And the visionary faculty at the time sought funding from the Colorado Health Foundation and received, uh, I don't remember the amount, but an award basically to start the graduate nursing programs at Colorado Mesa. And at the time, we uh, created the Nurse Educator Master's and the doctor of nursing practice with the doctorate coming also with the family nurse practitioner certification. Since that time, we've come to find out that quite a number of nurses in the community want to be nurse practitioners, but don't necessarily want to become doctorally prepared nurse practitioners. So this fall, fall of 2019, we actually initiated the master's uh, of science and nursing at with the family nurse practitioner certification um, coming with that at the master's level. So okay. now you can uh, enroll as either a master's prepared nurse educator student, or you can have two options to become a family nurse practitioner, one at the level of the master's and the other at the doctorate. Okay. Great. And so as we're talking about these terms, obviously you guys are involved in this world day in and day out, but maybe for those listening that aren't as familiar with health science as a whole or all of these different terms that we're using, can you maybe let us know what is a family nurse practitioner and maybe what is the difference between a family nurse practitioner and a doctor? Oh, um, so a family nurse practitioner uh, is receives high training in an education in didactic con- content and clinical content to care for people across the lifespan. And usually our program is geared more to the outpatient level. So these are nurses, already prepared nurses, who come for additional training at the advanced level. Mm. Once you're certified, you can do similar things to physicians in that you prescribe medicine, evaluate and assess patients for chronic and healthcare conditions. But what we, what's unique to nurse practitioners is we come from a nursing paradigm so we have a different view of the whole of the patient, including holistic, but we have practice and education on mm-hmm. behavior change, education, and partnering with patients to care for their health. 
Right. That makes a lot of sense there when you explain it that way. A lot of people think they're seeing a physician sometimes and don't realize that they're seeing mm-hmm. a nurse practitioner. Have you ever had that experience? I wouldn't say I haven't personally, but now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, I probably have. And I just probably didn't even know. A lot know. of times people don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did, I did kind of have that experience recently, but it was with um, a, a physician's assistant. I, mm-hmm. I was there and I thought maybe that was the nurse. They were. I, I, it's if you're not in the in the medical your field it's kind of confusing well, what's the difference we all between... blend in it's all, it's, <laughs> all, it's all about the patient really what's the difference between you know the physician assistant program and the family nurse practitioner program what are the differences of the disciplines i know it's obvious to you but if, if you're well, not in i think it's important to remember that nursing as a discipline is very process oriented and if you think about the term to nurse it's actually an action verb um that is sort of the the what you do. It's a very um, hands-on kind of uh, active component to kind of the healthcare uh, equation. And medicine and pharmacy and social work and dietary and all of that is very content-driven. Mm-hmm. And um, usually when you're looking at um, physicians and physician assistants who are both under the medical model, they are very content-driven. And nursing at the advanced practice level is still, our point of reference is still process. We are still the action verb in the sentence as we see it and as we um, deliver care. But as advanced practice nurses, sort of our scope um, becomes broader than process and starts to involve more content so that we have more autonomy about um, the, the types of care we choose to deliver, even though we're still focusing on delivery of care. Okay. So, if that makes any okay. sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that for the difference between a nurse practitioner and a physician assistant is that physician assistants weren't first nurses. So mm-hmm. they're not as process driven, even though they do have processes, just like nurses are very process driven, but we also still have content. So I don't mean that in a, in a pure sense, mm-hmm. but just in sort of our point of reference of our worldview is still, we start with the process gotcha. and then Physician assistants are licensed by the Board of Medicine, and they usually have to work in conjunction with or under a physician scope of practice mm-hmm. so that um, they're always sort of connected to that physician collaborator. Nurse practitioners, um, because we are from nursing, we are licensed by the Board of Nursing, not the Board of Medicine, and we um, do not require uh, that kind of physician collaborator. We, of course, collaborate with anybody and everybody that we need to collaborate with for the benefit of the patient, Mm -hmm. but we aren't kind of tied to that one collaborative provider that kind of shepherds us through our practice. Okay. Dr. Marshall, is there something you wanted to oh, add? Oh, I was you? just going to say that if you want to think of it as a verb, nursing is actually a verb and a noun. And for those the audience that's listening, whereas physicianing isn't really a word. And so when we talk about process, we're talking about that we have that skill set to to kind of deal with all the hubs in this in the spoke of the cycle, and that's because of our background encompasses all those different areas. Great. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs, and our second guests today are co-coordinators of the Graduate Nursing Program, Dr. Kathleen Hall and Dr. Bridget Marshall. So I, I've got a question. I'll leave with something kind of personal. When I think back to the nursing care that my wife and I received during the birth of our child, as well as the nursing care that 
I recall at the death of my grandparents, of which I was present for for both, it almost you know it almost moves me to tears thinking about the type of care that we received from from the nursing staff. That stands out at me in a way that 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 I don't I don't even remember the the physicians that were there, but I remember the nurses. What what is it about being a nurse that makes um, you know your education and your practice unique uh, in that way? We come from a theoretical framework and a body of knowledge that's unique to our discipline. So we actually have PhDs in nursing and DNPs, which are the clinical component. But it's not just caring. If it was just caring, anybody could do it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you had that wonderful experience. And I'm so excited about that. But at the same time, as nurses, we have to have foundations and understanding of what's our counterparts in medicine are also doing and how to evaluate that. Even as a a licensed registered nurse, we still work under our own license. And so we are actually accountable to ourselves and our profession and our theory. You wanna add anything, Kathleen? Well, I think of, you know, I'm sure if you talk to 100 um, nurse faculty, you will get 100 answers. Mm -hmm. But when I think about my role as Uh, an advanced practice nurse or a nurse in general, I think of myself as the catalyst to the healthcare experience. Mm -hmm. And my job is to catalyze the process of health promotion or health improvement or ending of life or whatever um, for the better. And so if you think about it, the patient's the expert in their life, and my job is to catalyze their health process for the better. And so if you think about yourself, how do I, when I come to any kind of setting or circumstance, I think how, to, how am I going to catalyze this process? Mm-hmm. Because the patient is always the expert. I am not the expert in their life. They're the expert in their life. Mm-hmm. And my job is to catalyze their process within a complex health system, um, which is where a lot of the evidence-based practice and pharmacology and um, in- interdisciplinary care and all of those you know pieces that are higher level concepts for, you know, just kind of a caregiver who's a caregiver, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure they're trying to catalyze the process for the better too. Um, But the professional nurse comes in and has to understand the complexities of all the different levels of care as they're catalyzing that process for the better. All right. So we're already coming to the end of our time today. But before we let you go, I do have one more question for you. So kind of circling back to the programs that CMU offers um, for the nurse practitioner, can you explain just kind of one more time, a quick rundown of what we offer at the graduate level for nurse practitioners? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I'm glad you asked um, because we're really proud of our program. We've done some curriculum changes that um, the visionary people really put forth, but now we're refining And um, we do still have the Master's of Science as a nurse educator, but what's unique now and new is the Master's of Science as a family nurse practitioner, which allows you to be, provides you with the didactic training and the clinical training and education to really facilitate uh, care at the outpatient level as across the lifespan and prepares you to sit for boards for certification. In addition, you can go on and finish your DNP and still be that individual provider while the DNP confers uh, education to deal with systems, to really improving systems care, health care at that level so that the nurse, the nursing student goes from the individual to the systems level. And so we're really excited about our, our program, the MSN FNP, 
as well as the DNP, FNP. So someone could come in at a bachelor's level and go to the DNP, FNP, or someone could come in from the bachelor level, go to the MSN, FNP. Okay. And if somebody who's listening is interested, where's the best place for them to go to find more information on the program or who should they contact? Kind of maybe a quick rundown of all of that. Um, well, the website at <clears throat> CMU, undergraduate studies, you can go to graduate programs, nursing, and at that site, you can find the different graduate level nursing options and our uh, contact information can be reached on there as program co-coordinators. Great. Well, thank you so much yeah, again for you. taking the time to come on our program today. We really appreciate it. Well, Thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah. So, David, before we head on out of here today, I just wanted to discuss maybe a few events um, that are coming up at CMU or maybe what's happening. I, I always like to wrap up our show with chatting a little bit yeah, about that. So let's see. What do we got coming up? Okay. So this Saturday, we do have a home football game and we're going to be honoring veterans at this home football game. Can you kind of talk to me a little bit about why we're doing that and what people can expect? Yeah. You know, uh, the president of the university, Tim Foster, issued a statement on Veterans Day acknowledging the more than 400 student veterans that we have on campus. Uh, And all of them made, you know, a sacrifice, you know, to their, their community in one form or fashion. And so I think the football game coming up is, is an opportunity for us to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's going to be some programming at halftime. There's going to be some fun stuff on the front end of the, the, the tailgate element of, of the game. I think there's going to be a special lunch uh, available free of charge to veterans, and, and people can learn more at CMU now uh, about what that's going to look like. That's right. And yeah. our Student Veterans Association, I know, is heavily involved in that day. I know that they host they a tailgate um, ahead of the game, and they've been really behind our football team this whole year, and then this is an extra special game that they get to be a part of as well. That's right. That's right. Great. And then also coming up later this month, we have an alumnus that's coming back to campus all the way from Hawaii. Can you talk to us a little bit maybe about the Kalani Pea concert that's going to be coming yeah, up? You know, what stands out at me about this concert is that you think about the, the, the Oscars or the Grammys and sort of in, in our Western culture, that is the pinnacle uh, of, of artistic expression, mm-hmm. acknowledgement of, of somebody reaching sort of as, as far as you can go in an artistic discipline. And so it's really rare that anybody could aspire to get one Grammy, but we have an alumni who actually has received two. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the fact that he received those Grammys just a couple of years apart, that's been achieved by, by almost nobody in U.S. history. And he's coming back. Uh, to give a concert at CMU on the 21st. And this is just a rare opportunity for the community to get to to see and hear from an artist that's reached the pinnacle of of what you can do, at least in our country, in terms of being acknowledged for that that art. Yeah, I know. I know he's been really excited to come back. He was actually honored at homecoming this past um, September, October, and I know he's really excited to come back this November. Um, so before we head on out of here, is there anything else you think the listeners need to know about what's happening at CMU or WCCC? You know, I think the CMU Civic Forum is something that's really of interest to folks, and it's an ongoing uh, effort for us to provide civic engagement opportunities where students and the community can collaborate. And, and so I think uh, the community should just stay tuned. We're going to have some interesting things coming up, you know, during the winter that uh, they can get engaged in with, with our students that en- enhance civility and civics mm-hmm. uh, in our community, which I think is what, in some ways, university is all about. And I think that's a great reminder to community members that we're always trying to get community members involved and on campus. So a lot of the programming that will be coming is open and usually free to community members. Too. That's right. Yeah. Great. Well, this segment airs on the second Tuesday of each month on KAFM Community Radio. You can also listen to a podcast of today's show at kafmradio.org. I'm your host, Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host, David Ludlam, and we'll be back next month for another edition of CMU Now on the Community Affairs Hour.